You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Tax to Grind, the hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. Uh, and we are back in our uh, uh, beds. Back yeah, in our you, domiciles. Are yeah. you guys podcasting from your from your uh, y- y- your sheets right now, from your comforter? No. I'm in, no, I'm, I'm in, in a movie the theater because it was so much fun that I want to do it from a movie theater <laughs> for us. <laughs> true, uh, true story. Okay, uh, let's uh, do uh, uh, some sponsors. Sponsor reads. All right, thank you first to To Live a Lie. Boom. Thank you first, but also second to Closed Casket Activities. Bah with the bah. Thank you first, but also uh, third to Death Wish Inc. Uh, do we know any other Kid Rock fucking noises? I don't know. Kid. And thank you first, but fourth, Run for Cover Records. Rock, 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 rock. Uh, we're, we're focusing on those latter two today. Deathwish Inc. and Run for Cover. We're going to start over at the Deathwish Inc. web store. Go to deathwishinc.com. Guys, I'm having a flashback. To oh, Kid yeah? Rock? I'm sorry to interrupt. Well, when we tried to record something as I was on my way home from the, air, oh, air, yes. from the airport. Yes. Just to kind of give like a very brief thing. That's why Eric took over because it sounded like crap from my end. And Bob's like reading the, the 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 sponsors, and he was like, "There was like a dead silence." And he goes, "No sounds." I go, "I'm not making no sounds at a fucking airport." <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. I'll get arrested. Um, that's gonna go. Honestly, Tom, it wasn't just your end. My end was bad too. There was a couple of points where it was like, where you're like, "Yo, you're breaking up. I don't know what's going on." And I was like, "Oh, it'll probably be fine." When I hear the recording, it was not. There's parts not where fine. I'm yeah. like. Brr. Yeah. So it sounded like AOL um, 2.0. That'll go on the uh, never to be released, unreleased Axe to Grind uh, recording sessions. The so, vaults. Perfect. The, the vaults. Um, I have to send it to you, Tom, because it's, it's comical. Like it, you, it's just unlistenable. But you know what is listenable is Death Wish Inc. recording artists, Frail Body. Good um, segue. Chicago based band. Um, currently on tour by the time you hear this they're finishing up so yeah we can't really promo their tour anymore but we can tell you they're going on tour again in the fall with the band ken mode matters to some not to all but that's kind of cool and if you haven't seen frail body uh, i've always been told they are a exceptional live act so kind of cool to check them out and i think everybody should check out the frail body a brief memoriam uh full length came out i think this one low-key got released pre-pandemic but man it feels like 100 years ago etc etc so go shake this off if you're interested in screamo give it a chance if you're interested in the more emotional side of hardcore give it a chance it's not kind of pigeoned down to like oh this is this is basement screamo but like if that's what you're about you should really give this one a whirl so frail body is my recommendation pat 
you had something else on the Death Wish side that you wanted to uh, to discuss. No, this this one is uh, maybe snuck up on a lot of our listeners. I don't know how. Mm. Uh, I don't know how much fanfare uh, they put to it, but it's gonna. It resonates with a lot of people. Uh, Loma Prieta, I believe, is doing shows. That's right. Uh, that is, uh, that's good. And I'm, I can't pretend to be a fan. It's not my type of music. But, but this was something that was uh, kind of around me for so many years because yeah. uh, uh, self-defense kind of like falls into that scene on occasion. And uh, this band really meant a lot to people. Uh, it, it was kind of... Uh, <laughs> I mean, along with early Touche, it was like it was really a push into something else for hardcore for a minute, and a lot of people remember it really fondly. And I'm sure the band is still uh, ripping live. So, yeah. if, if it's uh, a, <clears throat> which is where they earn my respect, because again, it's not really my thing, but like they're good. <laughs> like you can't take it away from them. So, if uh, if Loma Prieta is your thing, uh, or you just like good live acts of that type. Uh, I guess they're doing shows and I assume there's new music coming. I'd, I'd have to ask that, yeah. but, but uh, everybody check that out because that's uh, 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 an overall good thing. Yeah. And uh, they have a few of their records are actually on sale right now. So you go check that out. Um, yeah. And this was a band who was on a lot of people's lips when this, that world exploded. Yeah. Like you're right. You're not wrong. It's like touche. Loma Prieto is right there. Like, yep. uh, just kind of like in the same bucket. So go to deathwishing.com, check that stuff out. Guys, we're going to fling on over to runforcover.com, runforcoverrecords.com, rather. <coughs> uh, guys, they announced something pretty big yesterday. Tom, what'd they announce? I mean, this is mind blowing when you sent this mm-hmm. to me. I had no idea that this was even happening, and I cannot yeah. be more overjoyed. Yes. Um, they are doing. The 20th anniversary reissue of Rival Schools United by Fate. Hell yeah. Um, so they're doing two different versions. There's a standard edition vinyl copy of it. They're also doing a deluxe hardcover two, uh, double LP, which is the one I will be purchasing. Yes. Uh, deluxe two LP, uh, double LP housed in linen wrapped 64-page hardcover book featuring never-before-seen photos, handwritten lyrics, and more. Second LP includes B-side, album B-sides and tracks previously never on vinyl, totaling 23 songs. Includes previously unreleased acoustic version of Holding Sand and is also uh, – they have Rival Schools tote bag and, yeah. Some, yeah, and, the, and shorts with the running people on it and some – that um, I'm going for that long sleeve that that uh long that sleeve yeah is that going to be a crew neck I think it's a crew neck I'm doing Yo, that's a crew um, neck and it's got my name all over it uh it's crazy this is this is 20 years old um I actually think it's a little older than 20 years but, but the vinyl one. was probably yeah right the vinyl was a little delayed so we'll we'll count it we'll count it um, oh, it still counts I'm just glad it's out counts. there for people to buy this is uh one of my favorite res- records full stop Period. I love it yeah yeah. It, uh, love it. it it's, uh, it's so you might be you've loved this for too many years so you might sound like a stan i'm somebody that sure. came to this as an adult yes this is full stop as bob said one of the best records of its era certainly yes. the absolute best post hardcore that has ever had like a major label nod of anything like this is like likable on a level that you can't really assign to even quicksand you know it's just yep plainly likable and i want everybody to hear me 
I don't like things that are likable. And this rules. <laughs> you 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 gotta like it. So I, I've been ha- I'm, I've been going through it this evening, rough evening, and just talking about this record. It's putting me in a better mood. So <clears throat> what I have to tell you, uh, I didn't like this record at first because it wasn't quicksand, and I assumed it was a lot of things. So I didn't give it the fair shake. I five years later I did, and I was like kicking myself. Because I could have gone and seen them. I could have gone and seen them at Maxwell's. I could have gone and seen them in the city. I don't know how many times. And I was like, nah, it's not quicksand. Dumb, dumb me. The same this level is, and mean, reverence yeah. that people hold say, slip, this is right there. You know what I mean? This yeah, is I was just gonna unbelievable. Say Thank you. And having Tom co-sign on that makes me feel good because I do worry about my hyperbole about this record. When Patrick got into this record, I sent him a YouTube link that now I think is mostly defunct of Rival School's B-sides that were not available. They're all on this. And it's awesome. Like the song Accept a Compliment, um, Take One for the Team. Oh, geez. There's a couple other uh, on vacation. You need to hear this. Get the double version. Get yourself some merch. Runforcoverrecords.com. Uh, can't can't support this enough. I'm Super so stoked. stoked. So stoked. Yeah. Yeah. So this record, man. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. All right, guys, guys, guys. How we doing? How, How we feeling? This? <laughs> How we doing? How we feeling? Feel great. Patrick, you had a nice weekend. You you had a little retreat with your uh with your one and only? Yeah, I had a, a romantic uh getaway uh to uh, we kept it close. It was almost like a uh, in-town vacation, basically. We call that a staycation. People with jobs. Yeah. Well, so staycation, you stay in your like your home, right? We got like a we got a no, hotel. You stay in the general area. All oh right. yeah. Okay. So then a staycation uh, went to kind of the more historical looking part of Perth, uh, and yeah, I was going to call this an estatecation because it, wherever you were looked wild ass. Yeah. It was, it just not so Perth. Uh, Beautiful town, but it's like very uh, anything north of the river, as they say, or north of the city is uh, uh, new, very new. And I like old shit. And there's not a ton of old shit in Australia because uh, all the old shit they uh, wiped out. You know what I mean? So uh, okay. you, uh, they're not big into history, seemingly. Uh, they, I mean, again, they don't have a, the whites here don't have a ton of history because it's a young, <laughs> it's a young nation in that respect, right? So, right. uh, but I like old shit. So I wanted to see the old shit and we walked around as really interesting area where, uh, it looks much more French or, or Portuguese than it does uh, British, which is just like a oh, really, I, I, I'm yeah. curious to read why that might be, but it doesn't look like anywhere in England I've ever been. Uh, so it's not, the that's actually a fascinating question because there's certain limitations to, uh, the English climate and, that I think impacted style and design. And I think uh, by the time they hit Australia um, and, and realized the uh, climate and setting, those limitations weren't there. So I'm curious about the influence of, uh, as you said, kind of Spanish or Portuguese, Portuguese uh, architecture. It, 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 honestly, there's parts of it that look kind of like uh, 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 New Orleans, which is interesting oh, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, it was a nice time. Uh, uh, spent with my girl. Um, Wonderful. You know, good. What about you, fellas? Tom, what you what you got? How you doing? How you feeling? All right. Um, well, I'm right back to work. So this weekend I didn't do shit uh, except okay. watch you, the Mets kick the shit out of the Braves. 
Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Go Mets. Let's go Mets. LGM, right? Uh, LFGM, LGFM. if you get LFGM, if you're, is it LGFM? Let's go. No, no it's LFGM. No, let's fucking go Mets. Yeah. LFGM. So if you're feeling spicy, get in there. Um, and I'm doing just fine. Uh, how how are you guys? So <clears throat> so this is the big post sound and fury episode. We didn't, as Tom alluded, we tried Herculean efforts here, folks. We were trying, we just tried. didn't come together. We tried. At least I at least I tried. At least I fucking tried. Um, <laughs> but here we are to talk about um, the largest hardcore festival that has ever happened in in North America, at the very least. Um, uh, it was wild and. A friend, and I'm sure you've had this too, hit me up. I'll, I'll say his name, Jay from Mind Force. It was like, yo, I'm still, oh, it's all I can think about. I'm still glowing from Sound and Fury. I'm still yeah. glowing from Sound and Fury. And I, I told him I, I had independently had that thought because also, I don't know, we haven't talked. It's been quiet in the chat recently. My social media feed, anything that's hardcore is just Sound and Fury right now. Yeah. Still. And we're a week out, you know? Um, and you know, everybody's line is different. So whatever, whatever. But I was like, yo, there's gotta be like, is there something that is the opposite of post-traumatic stress disorder? Like opposite where you're like, uh, post joy, like hazy dream fugue state because it's like, you just were so in that moment and it was so awesome that it's all you can kind of like you can't even shake it it's just like this was so great and you're just on a slow come down is there a term is there a, an actual clinical thing for that and i'm asking you tom because you're a lawyer and patrick because he's a doctor of the internet yeah, yeah. Uh, i think it's called uh, being, um, being lit i believe is it post-party depression well i don't think it's depression because people are still like people but it's like getting to exactly like we're going to get there. I think that's – you're right. It's pre that though. It's the like – The afterglow. It's the afterglow. Thank you, Patrick. It is – we're in the afterglow. After the afterglow, it's like that one song by the artist who, uh, you know, is, is probably kind of not, not somebody we can celebrate. But like after the party, you go to the hotel lobby. Right. And after the hotel lobby, you're going to – but yeah, then, what do you do after that? Yeah, <laughs> and what do you, yeah, exactly. After that, you're in jail of depression. So <laughs> we're still, in, yeah, we're still in the afterglow. Um, uh, where do we start? Have you, uh, Tom? This was your yes. very first Sound of Fury. Um, have you ever experienced anything like this? No, no, it was insane. It was um, just thinking about like preparing to record and stuff like that. And I listened to some of. Um, Martin was on with Ace, kind of oh, talking about like, the post game. Yeah, shut up. yeah, yep. And uh, just like it's weird. I've been to things of that size, you know, like you go to Warp Tour, you go to fucking Lollapalooza, whatever. But this just felt like a large hardcore show. It didn't feel like anything more than a hardcore show that was outside, right? Like Which it was is weird, and it was amazing to see like the logistics that that. Martin and Riley and, and, and Madison pulled Madison. off and, and their yeah. teams, of course. But like it, other, other than like the kind of like, oh, man, you have to like order fences to keep people in and out. Other than that sort of shit, like it was a fucking hardcore show. Right, right. And um, one, I mean, it was like a hardcore show where every single band was at their very best. Right, right. I, I mean, 
Patrick, you played. I did. Uh, before we get into that, were you nervous? Like, were you nervous before your set? Because you disappeared. I'm assuming you were just taking a giant shit, but... No, I have to listen to my own music, uh, oh, or wow. I don't perform it well. Okay. Uh, so you have to, to remember. It, yeah, so I, I just have to walk around. If anybody saw me walking around with, with uh, AirPods in my ears at a, at a festival, it wasn't because I was uh, in an important meeting. <laughs> it was because... <laughs> I mean, you did look like that kind of jerk-off. Listen, listen to the drug church, bro. Yeah, I mean, look. I, uh, th- here's a question. I tried to do the math the other day, and I just got bored. How many songs do you think I've recorded? Oh, like, um, all told? Yeah, all told across all say, bands. I'm going to say three hundred twenty. I would say probably closer to a buck twenty. Maybe we hit one fifty, whatever. But oh, uh, okay, all right, all right. All right. You're, but, you're right. You're right. I'm I'm going too hard. You're right. Maybe but, I think you might be close to two hundred because you could you're be. into you're into fourth LP with Drug Church. Uh, yep. You're into let's see one two three four five five proper LPs with self defense slash end of a year and a lot of split singles a lot of splits twelve yeah. GPs. There's a lot Bob of songs. might be right one twenty seems under well one twenty is under but three hundred is way over so, so we might be closer to the one fifty area whatever it is it's it's a lot of data in your brain the SWAT demo you know it, what I mean like it's a lot of, there's a lot of there's a lot of shit in my brain and uh, so I don't remember songs unless I listen to them right before we play uh, at least even songs the, that you play constantly uh, we played one that we had uh, I had never played before in my life uh, so. That was the that was the challenge. The other ones I could probably do because we just got off a tour. But I'm not good at remembering shit. My my bandmates, I might have mentioned this. My bandmates were so irritated that when we were recording that Boston's cover, I got it in like two takes because I'd known the lyrics since I was 12. But <laughs> didn't even need the phone open. But 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 yeah, exactly. But but our songs, I fucking struggle. Uh, like first two days of tour, anybody that's seen us. Can, it will be like, is Patrick, is he, is he, is he glitching? You know what I mean? Is something going on? Because I'm just not good with, my brain is not good. Um, well, I mean, the amount of times that Bob has made allusions to self-defense lyrics. Yeah. And you don't even catch it. No, nah, I never catch it. <laughs> it's, it's like, insane. it's like, it's like, a, he, 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 he catches less than, he catches 50% maybe. But there's a lot right. that I'll say. And, um. And, uh, you know, um, slips down his leg kind of kind of energy. It's like, that sounds familiar. Was that my lyrics or is just something else weird? Ugh. Yeah. So at any rate, I, uh, I was not nervous, although I was irritated. This is me being honest now. I was uh, irritated because who played, uh, I believe it was Scowl played uh, two ahead of us and it was lit. So the, uh, there was a sub stage for people that weren't there. There was kind of two stages and that's because the the stage that the band performed on was pretty high. And then there was a stage that was more appropriate for stage dives and, and, uh, you know, the singer presumably, but any, I mean, any member of the band could have been down there as well. Uh, but Scowl's set was too lit and, uh, it destroyed, it destroyed that little stage. So, what that meant was uh, I was told right before we were playing, oh, yeah, you guys don't have the stage dive. Uh, you're going to have a barrier instead of the stage dive uh, uh, stage. And 
uh, I was, I was irritated, but I've, I've been a promoter. Uh, when you have a timeline to attend to, uh, I, you can't be worried that Patrick's a little irritated. So I wasn't going to, uh, I didn't say shit. I was just like, okay, well, uh, there goes, we had somebody recording us because, uh, we need a new, we need another music video. And we're like, oh, I don't want to do, I don't want to sit in a warehouse. Let's do as much live shit as we can. And I was like, oh, that footage is going to be, but, but, uh, the barrier did not come to pass. Uh, the venue, right? No barrier. In in my view, the, (laughs) the venue did not give, (laughs) did not give uh, the sound of fear guys a reason. I think they just didn't want to put it together. (laughs) So they're like, they're like, yeah, we're good without the barrier. Don't worry about it. (laughs) So, uh, we had some, uh, really high stage dives instead. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I had, uh, a blast, uh, very, very, uh, fun set. Uh, only lost the mic a couple times and, uh, nobody hit me in the crotch or the face. So, uh, really good time on stage. All right. So it's hard to even say where to begin. Um, the number of people who were there somewhere right around 5,000, um, it was full. Uh, it was in the shadow of the L.A. Coliseum, which is where uh, USC college football is. Um, the Olympics? The, yep. Yeah, the, the 1984 L.A. Olympics were all there. Um, I illegally parked by the Olympic swimming area, which was cool. They do uh, – I think it's pretty – I think it's pretty affordable. You can go and swim there, which also means you can go park there. So I, I figured that out. All you, all you fools who didn't realize you could do that, there was at least 10 to 15 spots within a very easy walking distance. You basically just had to walk around the stadium. Um, uh, you are fools, so uh, apologies, but, y- you know, there was parking. Um, yo, it was crazy. It was really wild to see, and uh, I have kind of like a structured thing to go through whenever you guys feel like it, but before we get into that, any other, like, high level thoughts or just things that are like, damn, I got to get this out there because it really was a wild, wild thing. Yeah. I mean, it was like, as someone who didn't like, you know, you have a, like, you know, since you were involved in the big, very beginning. So you obviously have, you know, some kind of contact with it and Pat playing sure. and all that sort of stuff as like an outsider, like they were just there. I, it, it, it was like, had such a cool vibe. Like I think for for attendees, for like for guests, for bands, for you know, it was like yeah. everyone just seemed to be like happy to be there, and like for a full fucking festival in the fucking blaring hot California sun, right? And for no one to be like, "Yo, this sucks," right? That's uh, like everyone would be like, we're, "We're northerners. I'm not built for this." Like I was sweating yeah. like a fucking animal. Like it was awful. Yeah. Yeah, but that's just me. But like, just like, just to kind of be like, everyone seems to be having a great time, and like, we're all psyched to be here, and like, all the bands are supporting each other, and bands are meeting each other for the first time, or the thousandth time. It was just like it there was, was so- a lot of commingling. Yeah, there was a ton of commingling, which like, cheap. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, that's that's like it's important. It's like it's the way you yeah. actually see things organically happen, as opposed to. You know, like, oh, this band is being thrown on our tour. It's like, oh, shit, yo, we met the people from Band X. They're cool. Definitely, let's have them 
let's go on a tour. Let's do a weekend. Let's do a week. Let's do a full U.S. Whatever it is. Like, that's how right. that shit, they had like cool down class. trailers in the back for folks that like, you know, so like, for like where the bands were and like their guests and sure. folks that were involved in the in in to the front and 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 obviously the folks that are involved in the logistics of Sound of Fury, they were kind of like these like cool out trailers that had like air conditioning and I mean they were awesome. So like, but the cool thing was they weren't assigned to anyone, which I thought was like I don't know if that was intentional, but if it was, it's brilliant. So it like you like yeah. it's smart. Yeah, I mean of course it was intentional. Like I don't think those dudes leave anything to fucking to to chance but like like you know like i'd be like you know what i'm kind of hot i'm gonna walk in here and it'd be like oh wild it's like you know it's like zulu gridiron and mind force just like chilling right i was like right. this is fucking yeah. cool shit like like three three bands from across different parts of the country like it wasn't like here you know me and my friends are locked in this trailer and no one's gonna know you know like we're not interacting there's no commingling it's just right. us it was sort of like anywhere right. you go there was a mix of Bands, friends, fucking whatever. I, I just thought it was it was un- incredibly well done. Well, and I I think that extended also um, to the entire festival. I, I got to sure. say this: this is a weird weird commentary to make, but <clears throat> when you walked around, um, you it felt like a new horizon, if I can say that. And it's a weird thing to say. I think it's weird to talk about it, but like, look. It's no secret that for a lot of years, hardcore's been pretty homogenous. And you could argue homogenous from jump. And it is and it isn't, and there's differences, and these are all different kind of people, and da-da-da-da-da, totally. It was put in my face just how diverse hardcore is, at least at Sound and Fury 2022 in L.A. Because when you walked around, you saw... People from all different walks of life, different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different belief set, different ages, different style, different looks, different interests. And it was so rad. And it was such a like odd melting pot energy that if I'm being kosher, that's not like Sound Fury 2006. Like California's got it because they got a, a pretty broad mix of people, so that's always a little easier. And it's not to say that you you don't have that on the East Coast or it's like, but I just felt it more. And at this fest, I felt at this year, I felt it so much more even than a few years ago. And maybe I was just more aware of it because of the large number of people there. But it just felt like a really diverse set. And that was cool. It was just really cool. And everything you said, Tom, about this sort of infectious feeling good energy. Um, yeah, it was, it was actual. So, yeah. And I think um, that, re- that was like the crowd was a reflection yeah. of the bands that were, ch- that were picked, that were on the shows and all sort of stuff that it's not like, you know, th- there, there were people there for every band. It wasn't like, you know, we got this one big fucking headliner. I mean, which they did clearly, yeah. but they had three headliners every night in re- in the grand scheme of things. Absolutely, um, at least you know what I mean. But I oh, think I like mean, it was sort of like not people weren't sitting around waiting for, you know, if Hatebreed like, or whoever like a bigger band like that that is like a guarantee. You know, they play a hardcore festival. It's gonna be fucking wild, right? You know what I mean? I don't. I don't even. I, I. That's the first band that comes oh. to mind. I don't know if there's other bands. That oh, no, no. Well, it's a good. It's a good example. Like so, um, there were no. There were well, no. Uh, judge or fucking whatever. Yeah. 
Well, right. So there were no um, ringers, and, and you know there was no stooge brought in to to be the pull, to be the pop. It was well, like right. it's Gulch's last show. That's that's a draw. But also, yeah. um, if you watch Drain set, you'd go, uh, yeah. I mean, you watch Phil House set, you go, whoa. You see Mind Force set, you see Terrors set. There was no like, hey, this band is either. One, an old timer who's not relevant to Hardcore 2022, but we know they're going to fill some seats, so we're booking them. Or two, straight up not from the world of this shit. Like that was kind of relevant. Patrick, did you feel that? Did you feel, did that feel weird to you? Was that an anomalous or did it feel like, yeah, this is just the wave right now? Uh, well, a conversation, uh, I don't, you know, I don't think that I'm talking out of school here. A conversation that I had with the, uh, dudes who put the, the uh, festival on was they're pretty excited to have it be a proper reflection of the year in hardcore. Uh, That's right. So this is look, it's weird. It's something. It's it sounds like they they have a similar mentality to this shit that I do. It's so weird. <laughs> well, it's crazy. Uh, so here's the thing. I have really mixed feelings on this because I'm uh, an old head. You understand? Um, <laughs> I have been doing drug church for 10 years. That's not a new band. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you could say that we've only popped in the last like three or four or whatever. But the, the fact of the matter is I'm that dude that on this podcast, maybe out of self-interest, but I think it more reflects just who I am as a man in, in 2022. Uh, I like to see where people like the fact that terror is maybe their best is interesting to me. You know what well, I, mean? I mean? That's the terror is the band we have to talk about in this conversation so, because there's certainly, if we go back through hardcore of the past 40 ish years, that brings us back to 1982, 81, 82. If you made a list of most important hardcore bands of all time or bands who've toured the most or bands who've gotten the most people into hardcore over the years. Look, whether you love them, think they're fine, used to like them, don't care about them at all, bop, 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 whatever about terror, they're undeniably on all those lists. Oh, yeah. Undeniably. Absolutely. But they've been going for 20 years. And at the same time, they're just as relevant now as they've ever been. That says something, and it also says something about the perspective of hardcore, where it's at, where we feel about it, because we're on here, and we do, you know, we advocate for the long life of a band, but at the same time, then we're like, but we don't want bands to be old man bands. What is an old man right. band? Sometimes it's like, time well, it's, to go. Yeah. And we're like, well, it's not always just about being old. You have to have these, like, intangible qualities. And it's like, well, what if you don't? And then we're like, well, then you're fine. You're relevant. And, da, da, da. and there's this weird circle where it's like, how do you how do you thread the needle? Tara just has threaded the needle. They just did the thing to do the thing and have just kept on keeping on. I mean, they're and one like, of one. Right, right, right. Exactly. Exactly right. There's no but, other band in hardcore history like them. No, because... Think about it. Yo, 20 I, years I mean, in, it'd still be... <sighs> Ten years in, sick of it all didn't feel as relevant as Terra feels twenty years in. Full stop. Uh, that's rough because ten years in is nineteen ninety six, and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I'm. But, gonna, but, but yeah, I, I don't think they were as relevant. I think, <laughs> and I'll say this: I'll, I'll say if you go to when the eighty eight is the seven inch, I guess 
maybe fresher eighty, and then eighty nine is the LP. By ninety nine, I'm just saying, I didn't feel like I had to know sick of it all in nineteen ninety six because I didn't. Terror. I'm not saying you have to, and there's plenty of people who don't. But the fact that they still feel so vital to so many, it just feels different to me. Maybe, maybe right. you could argue, but like by twenty years, by fifteen years. Let's say 86, we'll use that number. By 2001, maybe. But by 2006, it didn't feel that way. No, that's I know. Right. You guys are sick of it all super fans, so please don't. I'm not trying to use that to be inflammatory. But no, I'm trying of to think not. of Listen, other no, relevant, you know. Yeah. I, that's I, what I'm saying. Here's the thing uh, I could see all that. Uh, I think there is a pro, like, it, we should really have a discussion about Procore. As a as a thing, as like a no judgment sure. type of thing, you know, what I mean? and and sure. what it means, and that's let's make that an episode because I would love to talk yeah. about sort of the, uh, you know, sick of it all, comeback kid, terror, like the the bands that like kind of are the pro core bands, love them or hate them, you know, like whatever. We should do that, but uh, let's let's keep it on terror for a second. Uh, yeah, no doubt. And no doubt that they are uh, still relevant. This record uh, is popping for people that never expected to like terror or never expected to like terror again. Uh, On stage, they are a fucking beast. So uh, credit where credit is due. Uh, They're also a California band. Let's not uh, undersell that. You know what I mean? No, no, no. That's right. That's right. So uh, I'm most... I mean, honestly, when we have the t- discussion about long-lived Procore bands, I, I would love to just have somebody from Terror uh, uh, drop in for a second and tell us what it feels like to be this deep in and maybe firing on more cylinders than ever. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's right. an interesting conversation because, uh-huh. as we've talked about, not, every, that not everybody probably, gets that. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, um, it, I want to talk about uh, – we've addressed Terror – as maybe the only old head potentially label labelable act mm-hmm. on that thing. Now mm-hmm. let's go backwards. Let's talk about the stuff that's semi reunion. Okay. Okay. So we got super heaven. Yep. Pity sex. Yep. Uh, interesting choices because mm-hmm. while they both encapsulate a time that is meaningful to many sound and fury festival goers uh not hardcore acts no no decidedly but adjacent for sure but when you listen to it you're like man this could be adjacent here but this could just as easily be an act that works on coachella or Lollapalooza. you know what i mean i say that in full love these bands are unabashedly from hardcore roots but sonically have a lot more in the alt world, you know, um, in varying levels. Pity Sex and Super Heaven sound very differently. Yo, sound very differently. Sound very different. The Super Heaven set was wild. It was really good. And it was one of those things where I was like, I don't know how energy is going to flow here because I think they played right after Drug Church. Is that right? Uh, yeah. So, uh, other stage. Yes, right. Other stage. Yo, it was great it was great it went over so well and pity six sex is one of the bands i was most disappointed to miss on sunday because i had to fly home so um and, and from the video from all the evidence it looks like uh 
it looks like both those acts have lots of reason to play more shows, and I think they've both yes. indicated uh, some interest in doing that. So, <laughs> yeah, Pretty um, Sex was incredible, and there was no like no drop off in energy or anything. like to go on yeah. between fucking Mind Force and Terror. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ, and I they oh. they sounded incredible. People were incredibly right. receptive. It was awesome. Well, and and so like uh, kudos to the the way um, you book a lineup, you put a band like that in because you realize it's not going to be there. There's a different expectation of the energy, right? Like you're not expecting people to be um, activating stage dives <laughs> during pity sex, right? But if you just keep the whole, but the 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 quality of their set is. The amount of people who were locked in and engaged with their set. That, that's awesome. And seeing those photos, I'm like, you know, this stuff looks like a dream for bands, right? Like, oh my God. Having five thousand captive eyes on you, you know, more than you know, more than that. But um here's my question. Why did they work? Why did that work? And why didn't it feel played as far as reunions? Because we, we talk a lot about reunion stuff, a lot of reunion sets, at some point they feel played. Sometimes they don't. You know, you catch magic, you catch energy. And sometimes they really feel like, eh, the moment passed. Why didn't these feel like that? Why did these still feel kind of vital? I think the style. I think the style of music makes it like, if 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 someone like me and Pat Sage like were reuniting our like indie rock band, right? No one would be like, oh, these old motherfuckers. Okay, but if they're like, "Hey, here's my youth crew band," people would be like, "Lock it up, dude! It's over." (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I think that's the difference. I think it's like you can grow gracefully, and I mean, I don't know how old the folks in either band are, so I'm not saying that they might not even be 32. I have no idea. But like, you could be 35 and playing that style of music and look completely contemporary and. It doesn't stand out if you're, say, even if someone was 40. If you had a guitar player that was 40, you'd, no one would be like, that is dusty ass. But like, because it fits the, the, the style of music. Right. Okay. So that's all true. And I hadn't thought about that. <clears throat> but the, uh, I think that there's another component here, which is uh, it is a, nobody had to tell kids that these were, these were bands that you should watch. Nobody had to tell kids this is important. It was well attuned to the person that was at the festival. So what I mean by this is no, of course, judge is something I'm sorry that you would have to inform a 25 year old. This is something you should watch. You would like to our old head listeners. They might find this totally offensive. If I grabbed a 25 year old and said, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the reunion that day is judged. They'd go cool and they wouldn't watch it. And you, it would require people pumping that up and saying, Hey, no, 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 this is important. This is, you don't have to do that for bands that people actively remember or just missed. You know what I mean? So this is to say that sound of fury is dialed into who was going to attend the shit. And that's why I think that these reunions are more seamless than than some reunions that we've seen, and I think they're they're members of those bands are revered by a lot of the California hardcore folks. Mm. Sure, 
sure. which also helps because it's like <clears throat> when everybody there loves the members of the band that doesn't necessarily fit in, they're going to do their damnedest to make sure that they get treated just as well as any other hardcore band would have. Sure. I, I think uh, I think there's a lot in man, I think there's a lot in it feeling unique and feeling like a twist and not totally like, like the fact that pity, pity sex, like there was talk and hype about it. It was like, Oh shit. So there's a little bit of a factor of the unexpected for both those. And, um, <clears throat> I don't know, you know, like someone, you know, some audio engineer, please cut this and send it to both those acts. Those are both bands that feel like they could come out, write a new record, release it tomorrow. And people will be hype, and it'd be cool. Sure. And there wouldn't be any weird like, oh, it's a reunion. Uh, it's like, yeah, they they've been inactive, defunct, broken up, however you want to put it, for a few years now, but not twenty, not thirty. There's no like weird kind of unspoken like this was a different time energy. Um, and that's something we should talk about with reunions at some point too. Like, uh, you know, like you saying that about Judge. I'm over here going, ah, oh, man, maybe, eh, but I don't disagree. I find myself agreeing, um, and uh, it is spawning some ideas for a future episode, so we're going to do that. But <clears throat> both these bands feel still relevant, oddly enough, to the hardcore or hardcore adjacent world, and um, and I was it was just really cool to see that. Before we get in, I, I, I kind of want to go through... I was like, yo, how do we organize something this massive to talk about? Uh, I want to go through the who, what, where, when, and why of hard of Hardcore's largest festival, fucking Sound of Fury. Um, any other big ideas? Because I think we'll be able to hit all of it in the way I organize this. Sure. Let's do it. Okay, who? Who? This one's an easy one. I started easy. I didn't want to get too meta, but you know, we, we close on why. Who are the best who were the best bands slash who had the best sets of the weekend i'd like to start an answer um from my purview i didn't watch every set on saturday i watched the sets and i'll speak on the sets i watched the scowl set was awesome yes agreed um we've talked about scowl a little bit on here but not a lot yo they're a band and i think i said this on the episode before the episode with eric their record is pretty good. It's good. After seeing them live, I need to go back to their record and listen to it more because I think they're now a superior live act. And it's sort of interesting to me because I've watched and seen a lot of their videos and had kind of mixed results. But then I remember seeing some videos from somewhat recently and it was weird. It was weird. It was like there was a switch that was flipped and you know, I don't want to say it. it's not like oh well, you know, they had somebody who was holding them back in the band. It didn't feel like that. It felt like yo, this is a band who's just been playing together a lot, touring a lot, and they're just getting tight and good as hell. Um, I think the singer had incredible stage presence, and it was amazing to see them play because they almost had the audience on a string. Like there was read and react with the crowd. People were going nuts. Uh, they opened with kind of a teaser half cover of Waiting Room by Fugazi that went over yeah. bonkers. Shocking. And yo, weirdly, it pulled attention. Like I was watching them. I wanted to watch their set anyways. But when they opened with that, I was like, 
wait, what? Okay. I got, I gotta, I, I gotta see it. this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was cool. It was just good energy. Um, so big shout out to them for being really, really good live. And it made me think a lot of different things about the way stuff is documented. Now, the way we get into hardcore, the fact that when you experience something live, that's tremendous, it actually amplifies your reaction to the recorded material. Um, the fact that we're seeing a lot of bands from their first show be documented, and maybe that's not always a healthy or good thing. <laughs> so we we have a whole episode to talk about that shit. But uh, shout out to Scal. I think they were one of the best bands. They had one of the best sets of the entire uh, week and that I saw. What else? What do you guys got? I got a couple others, but we'll, we'll go in. I was uh, blown away at the response to Speed. <clears throat> and... <sighs> I, when I say that, I don't want to sound like I'm like underselling that, like I'm like shitting on them. I just didn't know because I'd seen them in Australia and I knew that they had it live, but I did not know that Americans knew. You, do you know what I'm saying? Like I had no idea. It, it was really a, a wake up call to me that, oh, there's a whole thing I'm not plugged into right now in the US because. I did not expect this to pop the way it did. I knew it would go well because they're lit live. That always is going to carry you if you're in a position on a, on a festival where people have eyes on you and it's captive. They're going to, you're going to pop a little. It popped a lot and it showed me that people knew it in a way that I was not familiar with them knowing it. Can I give a little secret that I think might also be true? Please. I don't think, I don't think that half the people who were going nuts for them knew them before they played. I mean, that's the highest compliment out there. That's, that's something 100%. Else. And I mean it. I think they were infectious. And there were people there who knew them. And there were people there who were excited to support this band from Australia who flew all the way over. Which is also, yo, compliment to that being a thing in hardcore now. Because it used to be the opposite. And that sucked. Bands from other countries got shit on. They oh, didn't yeah. get the support. They didn't get the love. Maybe there's some quantifiable reasons for that, but it was bullshit then, and now it doesn't exist, and it's fucking awesome. Speed went so hard on stage that it was infectious. The fans reacted, and more people got into their set as they did it. That's a band who I think went from being like, oh, yeah, that's a band from, from Australia, to being they can probably come over here and tour two or three times a year for the next three to five years. Mm. Agreed. Tom, what do you got? I mean, I think it's like I had said before, it's kind of hard to point that one because I feel like every every band played their best show last weekend. Like legitimately. Yeah, a, a lot did, yeah. Like no one was like, ah, that was a little under underwhelming. Like no one, even the most underwhelming right. was still insane. Like it was not, there was no, and and I can't say that I went into it going like, I'm surprised it's not like, I knew Koyo was going to get a fucking gigantic reaction. Speed, I felt like, was like one of the more talked about like bands that people were stoked to see. And they're like mm -hmm. the fucking, they're the tightest fucking pro band. Like, they're insane. Um, so we're just doing Saturday first? Do Saturday first. Well, I, I mean, mean do, I mean, yo, do, start with Saturday. But, you know, you uh, behind the scenes, I wasn't there at all on Sunday. I had to fly home. So, yeah, Pat, I mean, Pat was there. Question mark? I barely saw him because he doesn't. He didn't hang out. I, with I, him, I, which is cool. I, I, I cool guide everybody. I watched everything from the uh, uh, trailer with uh, eyes to the stage. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> he's not lying, but yeah. he's also you know 
He's he's Ingram dodging you. He's dodging you, Tom. He's dodging the. Uh, you didn't. It felt that way. He didn't even hang out with me once. Like it's like, oh cool, man. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Uh, enjoy LA. Um, Tom Ingrown. You were saying Ingrown was cool. Ingrown was great. Broken Vow was great. Soul Blind. That tour definitely did a huge amount for them because they were even better than they had been before. Did you guys um, see the thing? It was this is this is uh, one of the things that went around the internet that I actually thought was good. Somebody was like, "Yo, Soul Blind is motocross music." That's <laughs> like, yo, <laughs> yo, I was like, "Yo, I don't." It was they, were they saying that as a diss? I was like, "Nah, fucking no." Motocross music's cool as hell, and and I think everyone took it that way. So l- shout l- out listen, to them. as a guy who unabashedly plays snowcore, uh, I I just see nothing wrong with it. No, anxious killed. Um, I feel like that anxious Koyo, no pressure. We're all insane. I mean, no pressure at this point. It's not a surprise. Like they're one of the bigger bands in that style yeah. of music already. Yeah. So it's Full not stop. like, yep. like, Oh, I can't believe that. So-and-so, you know, like, no, you knew that was happening. Um, one of my favorite, and this is my own bias, but I just had such a fucking blast during their set was uh pillars of ivory. Oh, I, dude, listen, it was so much fun. Yes. Yes. And I Same. did not know how it was going to go. We talked about it the night before we watched the one show that they've done. We watched that video and, uh, I didn't know how it was going to go. I mean, th- these are, these are dudes that have all played in bands that have toured the planet. And, uh, there's no reason that it should be bad. I just didn't know if it was going to hit live. Look, there's also the small consideration that there's like 45 people on stage. You know what I mean? <laughs> so sure. it's like, there's a lot that can go wrong. And well, if flags it, getting and drugs getting thrown around, that's people what I'm saying. Sw- it, like waving Gucci flags. And, and if it doesn't it go pop, sideways, there's nothing worse. I want you to picture oh, this. I want oh, you to picture this in your that, head. Imagine that live show on stage and it being crickets. Yes. You've got a lot of people on stage. You're, you're doing everything fun. Listen, when you're throwing joints into the audience, I hate fucking marijuana. That's still a fun show. If I got hit in the forehead with a joint, that's fun. So, like, if you're doing all that and it and it bricks, oh shit, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it's rough. <clears throat> but it did not brick. No, no. <laughs> but when it's popping, it's like the most fun. I'm and yeah, the whole like if you don't smoke weed, get the fuck away from me. I was like, I don't smoke weed, but it's fucking so much fun. Like I was having such fun. <laughs> I thought they're awesome. I think it's just I'm like, yo, you guys should be the after party at every major festival. Yo, I mean, the funny so thing fun is and chill. Like, yeah. You, where do they go from here? Like one, they should write more music. That's clear. They will. Two. It's almost like, uh, it's so f- f- much fun. It's like, I'll do it more, right? Something's fun. You do it. You're like, maybe we should do this more, but the weird exclusivity, limited nature, you know, like, Quantifi- quantifiable yeah. rarity of their live sets actually increases the uh, the energy around it. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll play a couple times a year, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they keep that that's going, uh, hell yeah, it is. Um, I'm just gonna go through like I watched everybody, so just uh, all right. So, like we talked about Scowl, they were. I mean, they were fucking. Oh, you awesome. know, you're, you're, yeah, yeah. You you talk about everybody. When we want to jump in here, we'll jump in too. Yeah, I just because I watched everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I thought Scott was sick. Um, you could tell the touring has really kind of made everyone like kind of comfortable in their own shoes and just like and and brought the band like they're super tight. Like they were really fucking impressive. I thought they were great. Like um, yo, argument, argument for every young band practice. 
Uh, yeah, you know what? Practice we, we have and a, don't play. Yeah. We, we've had an abashed uh, non-practice in Patrick. Oh, yeah. Um, but he will also tell you when he was young and really getting kicked off with his bands, they practice all the time. I mean, Scowl look, has practiced and toured, and you can tell, and it shows so much. It's amazing how good they are. If you are not touring all the time, you got to be practicing all the time. That's just what it is. Yeah, and I, you can tell. Um, I thought Praise did great. They were in a tough spot, and I thought they did really well. Yeah, yeah, different energy, um, and they still yeah sounded it. great. People were into it. Um, I hate to do this. Do it. Drug Church might have been the set of the weekend for me. Oh, I, that's not what I expected you to do. So, Top no, three, because I don't want to. I don't want to be nice to you, but um, I thought you guys were fucking incredible. So much fun. The the I always talk to Mike from Mindforce about like the pop. Like you guys get like the Stone Cold Steve Austin glass breaking pop. Like mm. they have it for Excalibur. You oh, have yeah. it for Weed Pin. Yeah, yeah. As soon as that do 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 do, people the just are like. Line. He's coming in like Stone Cold's coming. Um, yeah, at we, some point you need to open with that, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's we have if we can get like a lot of hits on a fucking set set list, I I will uh, start leading with the big hits. Like, can you do it? Can you tease? Can you do the uh, Tom? You you are the arbiter here. Can they do a tease of Weed Pin? Get the crowd f- foaming and then. Pull it back in and be like, ah, oh, we're retiring that one and keep it going. And then could, close and with then it. So it's like, mad. oh, holy shit. Ah, oh, you know, oh, they faked us out. People shaking their fists. <laughs> there um, are enough hits, though. You guys have, I mean, legit. I mean, We Pen is the hit, but like Million Miles of Fun. Like, you guys have four and five songs that you could either open or close with, which is nice. Yeah, it is nice. That's big. That's not easy. No, um, it, it, uh, yeah, you know what? It's the same situation as uh, as Outbreak, though. When everybody's having a good set, I I don't know how to rate my own. Do you know? Uh, sure, but watching it, it was like having watched you over the years. Like I thought it was great. You you um you have your own fucking thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was, I was even if I wasn't a friend of yours and had known you for fucking half my life. I was super impressed, and I thought, I mean, your band is just fucking, like, the band dudes are fucking incredible. Like, that band just is, like, an amazing rock band. So, um, uh, let this be, for any of our young listeners, uh, let me just say this. Uh, you don't have to be great, you just gotta be dialed in. That's all it is. <laughs> I mean, you guys are fucking so dialed in tight. Nobody um, in my band is, is a genius, uh, but we are. Uh, no, I, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna agree but, with that, but. But but we're just we're just good because we're dialed in. So like, I, I, if you're frustrated because you can't, you're not Mashuga. Just uh, just dial it in with the people you're playing with. Yeah, name me three Mashuga songs that are better than Weepin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> name me one Mashuga uh, song. So and then with, it was so good. Yeah. That with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
a member of this podcast stage dove. Mm. <laughs> <Again>. <laughs> I want to see a 5,000 people. I felt terrible. It I missed it. Oh, it, it it's on good. video. It it's incredible. Time. Yeah. Me and the fellows yeah, from Brownstone good. were freaking out. <laughs> they looked at me because they wanted to, they were like, who can I share this moment with that would get like how important it was that Bob staged over Pat's band. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Like, I thought they were like, you are, now it's your turn. Oh, no, those I'm are like, my boys. Those are my boys. Yeah. They're, no, they're great. Wonderful dudes. But like, I thought they were like, what's up with you now? And I was going to be like, I'm going to ruin the crowd's weekend if I do that. I'm not fucking stage diving. Yeah. But um, they just wanted to share the like how important and impactful it was that like our you know our little family one of the guys staged it for the other guy's band it was pretty fun. Um, uh, Bob, I appreciate you. Uh, th- you know? Thank you. How how was the dive? It was good. It was good. And it was good. Video it was, very it was good. good too. I got yes. far out, which was really nice. Like nice. Um, there's uh, somebody has to find this. There's some photos. I think maybe Daniel Dombrowski photos from. An ignite set in like ninety nine or two thousand at uh, what became Club Chrome. I think it was Club Benet at the time. Club Benet. The um, Patrick, the stage was probably double the length of the stage at Sound and Fury. Mm. Jesus. So you could literally like like you're going. It's it's not quite a forty meter, but you can like you could be you can get you can catch speed before you jump. You yes. catch a nice head of steam. Yeah, yeah. So there's photos of me, and I'm like. You can see me upside down, like eight rows deep. And yes, the ignite was very big at one point, people. Um, with my feet deep. sticking straight up in the air. This one I got out. I got out to, you know, six or seven rows of people. Super um, impressive. And then what I thought was more impressive was that I got to do the the bad front, like person in the front of the crowd where I was kind of like a frogger as people were diving. I'm like, whoop. Merp. Right, yeah, left. You, Merp. You, you were the opposite of what I was looking for in in front row person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're tall with shoulders, and you were like, you know what? Not today, guys. I'm not. No, you. I got. I, I, you know what? I, I was. I'm. I was a generous, uh, like a generous lover. I was a generous crowd guy in terms of like, yo, you want to, you want to climb my back? Go for it. Do it. Do you want to jump on my shoulder? Cool. But I was not looking for the foot to the face or like ass to the head. Yeah, um, I did keep my sunglasses on the whole time through the dive, and they stayed on. Wow, so it was a good roll. Um, Impressive. It wasn't. It wasn't like a. Uh, it wasn't a pity dive. It was a. Damn, you guys are killing it. Cool. Um, but, but no one, no one had a video of my dive during Fiddlehead at in 2019 Sound and Fury, which was not as good, but still pretty good. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Uh, Drug Church set was was good. I. Uh, I do wonder what what life for your band will be like as you continue to play bigger and bigger stages because you can do it and it's impressive. However, the energy when you play smaller rooms also seems kind of sick. You know what I mean? And that's that could be the story that unfolds for hardcore in general if shit keeps having a moment, which we'll, we'll get to through my questions here. Like, at this point now, if if drug church, drug church seven years ago, you could play a hundred cap room in certain spots and it'd be cool, fine, yep. well attended. But like you know, I feel like if you play a hundred cap spot, even in a small town, it's going to be like, like I don't think you can like, you can play program, it's just irresponsible. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, which is which is kind of sick. So that's that's kind of where I was thinking while while I was watching your set um, with uh, with Warren County resident, former resident uh, Hans, friend of the show, um, who was joyful during the set. Thought thought the set was incredible, um, and was very excited to watch his old buddy actually like just like scouring the stage. Um, that's the thing I thought about. I was like, man, imagine this in a small room. There's like two. There are too many people who are drug church diehards to to do a program drug church show. So, so even more reason to do it. I was gonna say program will still play. Um, Be irresponsible. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but it's you know what? Sure. program is program has put some irresponsible acts in there. It's not like we'd be the first. So no, so, it's. Uh, I mean, yo, it's it's the vibe. It's so fucking cool, and that's. A larger thing I've thought about. So, Tom, keep us going. You, you keep this train on the tracks. Sure. Super Heaven, we talked about. They were great. Fit in Man. perfectly. Um, hopefully, you know, it's not their last. I know they played, uh, uh, the, what you call it, Outbreak, and they played this. Hopefully, they'll play some more shows. I thought they were excellent. Can't wait. Um, and it was a nice break from a lot of, you know, from a lot of heavy. Yeah, well, this, uh, I mean, well, this day was more indie and like. Real quick. Uh, yes. I just want to give, I, I talked about this with everybody behind the, the the backstage i bored people with this i'm i just need, and i'm going to embarrass i'm going to embarrass a, a a person with this i think oh boy uh joe from super heaven joe kane looks exactly as he did when i met him a decade ago exactly and <laughs> Joe Kane was in Mother of Mercy. I've known him since I guess 2006 or seven. So we're going on 15 years, and you're exactly right. Um, Bob, good look, good looking dude who looks the same and is just uh, aged 15 years and is about to be the father of two. So. It's it's in, and uh, he does construction. I've never met a construction worker. Well, that, we got into this. He's like a he's a crafty construction. I know, worker. but he's you know listen. What I mean? He's doing. He's like a. He's he's um he's not he's not he's like one of the bosses you fight in Double Dragon. He's not one of the goons on the street. Yes, yes, you know what yes, I mean? yes. he's not labor. Yeah, that, that's true. But right. but he's look. I just never met a dude in 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 the trade that didn't age at all. Do you know what I'm saying? Like like the only people I ever met that didn't age are people that are like real up on their skincare and don't work and don't go outside in the sun, you know? <laughs> well, well, you, you talked to him and he gave you the best reason, the best possible argument for something that the three of us, uh, uh, adhere to. Yeah. He, he just goes, I go, Joe, you do construction. What the fuck? You haven't aged. He goes straight edge. Uh, yeah, just, uh, uh clean living reason. brother. Yeah. For some reason I'm just not aging. But anyway, uh, I just wanted to, uh, cause yeah, that, I mean, that's the end result here is like, yo, this is big advocacy <laughs> because this motherfucker looks like he could be aging down. <laughs> like, it's really crazy. All right. Yeah. What yeah. Is, Infinite love to super heaven. Keep us on track. What's next? Yeah. Um, sorry to derail us with my uh, my admiration for Joe Kane. Your crush like, on yeah, Joe Kane. Yeah. <laughs> shout out Joe Kane. Um, shout out Straight Edge for keeping us looking young. Mm-hmm. Uh the tsunami. last three, tsunami. Okay, probably the most insane set of the weekend. Yeah, it was just ridiculous, and it was it was awesome to to witness. 
it was just fucking. I watched the last three bands, um, Cheat Code, which I didn't know was a cheat code. I just went on the 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 other stage where Pat finished stage, headlining. Yeah, and I just watched from there. Fantastic view, fantastic view. Perfect view, perfect yep. viewpoint. Um, so I watched the last three bands from there. It was looked like a fucking prison riot in the best way. Um, yeah, they I got just fucking destroyed. I got to catch the first few minutes of Tsunami prior to uh, driving a, a good friend, our, our our weekend confidant Knox from the band Enforced, uh, yes. to the airport <clears throat> where he endured. Patrick, this is the, only, the, the kind of pain you can only imagine. Um, he endured me and Hans cosplaying, like uh, role playing as his girlfriend, talking to other girls, to, uh, talking to her girlfriends about their relationship mm. for the entire ride from the show to LAX. It's a thorough so role play right there. So at first it was like, you guys are silly, to the point where it was like, all right, all right, all right, stop. That's all right, layoff. You know, um, but I saw the first few minutes of tsunami, and where, where this was all going was, they were really tight, like, like undeniably played well, and uh, yeah, the reaction warranted being near the top of the day. Like, I think they could probably close most shows they play, and as you're seeing, they do. Yes, because nobody's ever like it's real tough to follow that up. Look, Drain Set, and we'll get there. Drain Set was yeah. wild, wild, wild. Oh, dude. But if you don't have a, a change of flavor with Fiddlehead between, it still would suck for Drain to have to play after Tsunami. Mm. You know? So, uh, so yeah. yeah. Shout out Tsunami. Uh, everybody's a bitch. <laughs> everybody's like you had an LX right now? You're a bitch. Um, <laughs> I don't know. And then following that up, another one of my favorite uh, sets of the weekend. Fiddlehead. 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 Uh, yeah. You know what? And I think we talked about this in the run up to the fest. The mm. fact that they were you, they were you couldn't. Gulch was locked in as the headliner just because it was their last show. But yes. otherwise, they're like, could it be Tsunami? Could it be Drain? Could it be Fiddlehead? Could it be? The, it really is is is. Uh, Shows you how cool this fucking festival was. That there was no guarantee, there was no like definitive headliner closer. Right. Um, you know, we were talking about like maybe Fiddlehead ends, like closes it out. And honestly, from their reaction, they definitely could have. They sounded oh, great, yeah. huge react, huge reaction. Um, do they headline next year? I could, I could totally see that. My suggestion and was then, put them in, my suggestion for Fiddlehead for next year was put him in a two hundred cap room. And see how insane it is! Oh my god! Um, did Pat? Uh, I heard. I heard Pat Flynn cried on stage. Like was openly I, weeping. Uh, something about I, I didn't missing see that. sandwiches. Yeah, he was missing sandwiches. <laughs> oh, because like Jersey Mike's. Um, Jersey Mike's. He was crying. Um, heard they. I heard had a very their deep conversation with him. Oh yeah, about Jersey Mike's. No, just about the hate in his heart. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> It was pretty great. That's right. You he looked learn. me dead in the eye, and he it, it was he saw into my soul, and I was like, "Oh man, yeah, yeah." You darkness. get to see the uh, devil on the shoulder. What you didn't see <laughs> was that uh, he was he was clubbing people during the tsunami set too. <laughs> one of the he was actually the pit boss of pit number three. That that was oh yeah. That's what people were shout out to uh, festival style multiple pits, which happened for a couple bands. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so. and then. Finally, 
headlining Saturday night. Fucking blew me away. Drain. No question if they're a headliner. Yeah, uh, true they're headliner. headliner from here out. Period. I mean, number one, they open the, their intro song is um, in the warm California sun. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And then and that stops. And then the, the Jaws theme starts. And then their intro, which is like moshy as fuck. Dude, they played, you know, probably played a half an hour. And every song like went fucking crazy. Shout out to short they sets. Were, they were fantastic. They were fantastic. They were like, it's only up from here, man. They're 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 gonna be huge. Yeah, they a hundred percent assumed the role of uh, headliner and and really owned it. It was impressive to watch. Uh, really, really good set. I walked. I, I was walking back during their set, and uh, as I was getting in, I got to hear the "We're driving from Santa Cruz." Everybody get on the stage, and just like peeked my head over and went, "Oh wow, that that's truly something." <laughs> okay, they're doing that now. Okay, it was it was very wild. It was very California. So um, yeah, literally perfect headliner. Great. Yep, absolutely. Then we went to In-N-Out, had a truly uh, California experience where we pulled up and there was a line down the street outside of their parking lot, et cetera. Yep. And I was like, oh, no, no, Tom. We got, Tom was like, should we go somewhere else? I'm like, no, no, no. It'll go quick. He's like, are you sure? And I'm like, no, no, no. This is, yeah, this is the, a California experience. You have to sit in line at In-N-Out to wait for uh, just fine fast food. <laughs> Did, did you like it, Tom? Fast food podcast now. Yeah, we're we're gonna in search of snacks. We're gonna steal what ideas. Of, what did you think of the? Uh, what did you think of it? Was it good? It was fine. Yeah, it's fine. I, it's you fine. know what? I went to there and Del Taco, and I was bummed on both. Yeah, it's fine. Tom, Del Taco was secret. I was low key mad because I was like, if I never go into Del Taco again, I uh, I'd be happy. But you requested it, and you're my buddy. You're my friend. I was like. Got to go. Let him. Let him. You know what they had, like beyond. And, I know. Yeah, I, know. I was like, oh, it's like something you got to do. Like what you know, while you're here, you got to get Del Taco. Yeah. Then I got it, and I was like, this ain't very good. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I was kind of disappointed. And then, and that was totally fine. But it's like you're eating two cheese sandwiches and a fry. <laughs> I, I didn't go to bed being like, you know what? I feel completely satiated. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure not. I'm sure not. You know what I mean? It, but it was it was it was fine. That but like that um, experience of being like, yo, there's like seven thousand people in line, and, and they're like, and you're like, we're gonna turn the corner, there's gonna be some random dude just writing shit down. <laughs> like, the, the, I'm not used. To, East Coast, they don't have anybody outside taking your order. No, they wouldn't do that to. And anything like you have to go up to the window, and then you go to the next window, and blah blah. blah. This is like they're making my shit while I'm fifteen, you know, fifteen cars deep. Yeah, hell yeah! But, All right, but it was okay. Get, get us to Sunday. Get us to Sunday, and we got to right. we'll click so, through this quicker. All right, we, All right. We get so, to Sunday. so, so I verbally abused uh, the, the festival organizers on the placement of Spy, uh, and uh, a little behind the curtain, they they knew, but they were like, "Yeah, look, it's going to get people here early. They are a buzzy band, right?" But we all had our questions. We were like, wait, will they actually? Will people, it's the second day of a festival, it's a Sunday, will people actually go? Uh, yeah, uh, pe- people. Yo, they, uh, well, oh, hold, people hold on. I, I got to give a shout out to uh, Creeping Death uh, real quick because I, I was 
no selling that before I got there. Uh, you know, we were with Knox from Enforced, who was like, "No, no, Creeping Death is the is the band I'm here to see." Yeah, yeah the, you got to catch them, whatever. And I was like, "Oh man, come on, metal, get to shit." And yo, know, they were awesome. They 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 did exactly exactly what a slightly out of uh, out of genre band should do at a festival like this, which is be warm, be open, win everybody over, uh, project like a good energy and they nailed it. <laughs> I don't know if that's what they bring to every, like, you know, for example, death metal show, but they made people have fun during a metal show that maybe people, uh, not everybody was originally signed on for. So shout out to them on Saturday. Uh, and spy on Sunday, uh, back to that. I was, yeah, we were all skeptical that there would be enough people in the building at that time or on the grounds. Yo, we didn't we didn't need to worry. Spies set fucking killed. It was crazy. Yeah. Really it, it, good. For set. some reason you've been listening to, to Axe to Grind and or is this your first time? This is a band we've been big up big up in for a moment. Uh pretty sure they have an LP coming out on Triple B at some point in the not too distant future. This is a band you need to pay attention to. I don't care if you like fast stuff, hard stuff, etc. They're so good that they're a band who's like, oh, early bets for a headliner next year? Yeah. Uh, put put 100 on Spy. Top three for next year if they keep going at their current trajectory and pace. You heard it here first. <clears throat> Sunday. Shout Sunday, out to Skullbleed. Yeah, World Peace and Big Laugh. Um, I heard you while I was getting in and just getting acclimated, so I apologize. Mm. Um, Spy was dope. Uh, uh, Big Laugh has a record coming out on Rev. Yeah, they do. Milwaukee yeah, Hardcore. Uh, big excited about it. Very bummed. That, um, that early block of World Peace, Big Laugh, Spy, One Step Closer. Uh, I, I, let's just right, say I was, I was thinking about it. On the plane, like, damn, I'm missing this. That was in your wheelhouse. Yeah, it really is. Uh, uh, One Step Closer was great. Got a huge reaction. Covered uh, title fight. Yeah, nope. big big response. Big response. Um, Cola Boy was cool. It was it was like one of those. Um, it did it like how you're saying like to have like bands that are not hardcore or metal or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it. How would you describe that, Pat? Like R and B? I don't know. Like. <laughs> uh, it's like mash uh, mashup genre, uh, like indie festival uh, sort of stuff. Where, like, if you, what's the band M eighty three? You know what I mean? Like bands like yes. that, uh, w- where it's like the band could be literally anything from song to song. Uh, right, it's like dance music ish. Yeah, uh, honestly, I actually had uh, this is a, like a boring adulthood. I had I had a meeting that I had to. Uh, find a quiet place to do. So I heard Cola boy as I was, uh, exiting. Uh, I really liked what I heard. Uh, I was, for me, I was like, Oh, how, how relaxing in a good way. Um, so, and this is uh, a dude from nails playing bass, uh, John glue, yeah, yep. uh, yeah. Uh, who now looks like everybody. I want you, you too. I want you to close your eyes and picture in your head, uh, a CIA operative working in Africa, uh, in the nineteen, the late nineteen eighties, uh, what does that person look like? That's John Glue. John, <laughs> John Glue wears like, you know, 
white ribbed tee uh, with a kind of like floral shirt open over it, mustache, shaggy hair, and a, a baseball cap. He looks like he'd sit across from you and be like, uh, you know, didn't expect to see you in this part of the world. And then you say to him like, yeah, after Bogota, I didn't expect to see you ever again. You know what I mean? Like it's (laughs) that type of shit. That's what he looks like. (laughs) Shout out, shout out to John, shout out to Gianelli surfboards. Uh, And if you live in the greater Ventura County area, you should be getting a Gianelli surfboard. That's the only way go for it. Um, And then after that we had um, never ending game. Who I also missed much to my chagrin. Yeah, listen, I missed the best. Yeah. I missed Never Ending Game and Gridiron, two bands that I was very keen to see. How long was your fucking meeting? Uh, you know what? My meeting. I had my meeting, and then uh, I ended up. Then had a poop. I I ended up talking to Jay Mindforce about stepchildren and shit. I had like a a a heart to heart sort of thing, and uh, which, by the way, real quick, I just want to say. Um, this is it has no impact. It's just going to sound like old head shit or to, to some of our younger listeners. There is something very emotionally resonant and, and impactful about uh, growing old in a thing with people. And like when I looked out when I was playing and I saw Pat Flynn in one, uh, he was watching from uh, the crowd in one corner and in the other corner, uh, was Jeremy from Touche. These are two men that I've known for a long time in music. Like I've played shows with them a long time. And when you, and I'm sure it was the same for a lot of people at this festival, there wasn't a ton of old heads. It was a young person's festival by and large, but there is something really uh, uh, nice about kind of gracefully growing old with people that you respect and, and see as uh, creative peers. It's nice. Hell yeah. So, <clears throat> Uh, that's a, an aside, but it. Uh, long story short, I miss never any game in gridiron. <laughs> so, <laughs> you miss right, gridiron. So oh my god! I know. I know. Yeah. So never any game was a fucking huge reaction. They sounded insane. I thought they were great. Super impressive. Um, Regional Justice Center, fucking fantastic. Yeah. Have incredibly heavy live. That's oh true. yeah. Oh yeah. They're the. Okay. That's why they're the. They're, they're that band that crossed over from. From power violence, yeah, because they're, they're for everybody. Heavy. Well, and, and I mean, Patrick circled it too. They they approached a largely genre piece style with an idea of well, how can we do this differently? And uh, I think you feel it in their sound, and and as well, you see it in their audience, which is expansive. You know, Absolutely. there's a lot of people who like Regional Justice Center who are not necessarily throwing on the no comment seven inch, and that's cool. And I'm saying that right. as someone who loves the no comment seven inch. So, and then after that, we had show me the body, which is one of the more, um, uh, I'm not. What's the word I'm trying to look for? I think people were skeptical. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Um, people fucking went off for them. Yeah, they have they have a they, big they have a big crowd. They have their own thing, so that's cool. I mean, good for them. You know, like they they fit in on something that I, honestly I didn't know how well they'd fit. Sure, they, they, it was pretty seamless. Shock, you know, and I thought they did pretty well. Um, after that was another top three set of the weekend. Gridiron. I feel like they're the band that popped the most from this weekend. Uh, that could uh, be. I think most I asked, talked about like that didn't I, go into it. 
we got a question at the live show maybe um maybe i don't know or we posed that how much rap would you like in your hardcore and yes. uh, if your answer is a lot uh then gridiron is it for you and and yo the that video the videos of them like you said it every band had the best set um and i'm sure there's some like befuddled guitar players who are like yo i played terrible tonight whatever whatever yeah that's always a thing but look uh if you watch the gridiron videos they could be playing the songs backwards upside down and inside out the f- the people were going completely batshit insane so uh it looked it looked like a whole new thing was happening so shout out to them i thought i thought their the videos i saw their their videos have been the most engaging of the stuff i missed live so i've been I've been captivated. It was super fun to watch. They were great. I thought they were awesome. Um, and then after that was Gate Creeper. Oh, uh, another thing I missed. How was it? They were good. People, you know, like I, I feel like they're still so hardcore, like involved or like adjacent that like them being on this is probably less strange and say than than Creeping Death being on it. Yeah, that, that's probably true. Like I feel like they play enough hardcore shows that this isn't too far f- afield for them, but I mean, they're a fucking festival band, yep. like in Europe and shit like that. So it, this, they, you know, they held they held their own. Um, I mean, I don't really like death metal, so it's not really for me. But right, like, right. Um, but I thought they did quite well. Um, after that was Zulu, and it was like their kind of hometown thing right people went fucking but yeah, it was nuts it was crazy I, I, for them i was right next to that one and uh, yeah it popped oh man oh man um yeah i thought they were they were fantastic um incredible musicians i think uh I, I spoke to the singer they're doing a record they're coming out a new lp so they'll nice. be out east yeah about uh talked to him about coming on and and he's gonna they're gonna be out east you know beginning of the year and all that sort of stuff so um, very nice folks. Great band. Um, best drummer of the whole fest. Throwing it out there. Oh, yeah. Um, and then after that, I'm trying to go back and forth. Six thirty-five on the, on the main stage. The band that they keep taking shots, but they keep coming back. Magnitude. <laughs> what are the shots? What's, what's happening? What, did I miss? Well, they've changed band members and stuff. Oh, gotcha. Um, fucking, uh, can, let me see. Let me go through these. He's thinking, he's thinking, processing. I say biggest sing along of the whole weekend. Oh, it was, it was, yeah, if, we're, if we're not that. counting, if we're not counting the drain, get everybody on stage, <laughs> which yes, I, I cannot imagine the anxiety that shot through the bodies of the, the three men responsible for the festival. What what Drain said? Everybody, get the fuck up here! Everybody, stay still. (laughs) I can just see like like a a a single drop of sweat like come off (laughs) all of of their fucking temples. Just um, yeah, I would say that magnitude. Other than if we're not counting the the Drain stage invasion, uh, I think that uh, magnitude had crazy sing along. True. So fucking cool. Stoked for them. Uh, stoked that they're still out there. Stoked that they're still touring. I thought they were, they, they sounded great. Huge reaction. Also, back, back like magnitude. representing the type of hardcore that was not everywhere 
on, on this festival. Um, no, right. for I mean, '90s hardcore is a thing, and it wasn't really that much on there, except for maybe Broken Vow and them. Yeah, it's and I think that's I, right. I think that's right. I, I've said before that it's kind of like I, I'm like very resistant to it because I th- that's my background. And you I, lived it. I, yeah. yeah, I'm ju- I'm judge I'm judgmental of it, uh, mm. but there was no debate that Magnitude like completely satisfied that person. You know. What I mean? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I mean they're they're they're. They have somehow become the peak of that whole energy, and uh, it's curious. Like Broken Vow, it's, I'm glad you mentioned them too because they're doing something. I think they're catching some younger folks too. Magnitude just has that kind of infectious early '90s kind of pull where the songs are almost written. You want 200 people climbing over each other trying to get to the mic to sing along. You know? Do you want to feel old? Yeah. Can we take a break for a second? Yeah. Go. So I'm having a conversation with Tommy from Anxious and Broken Vow. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he's like, you know, yeah. when you say this is a break, am I editing this out? Or are you about to say something? No, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. Just like a break though, from the yeah. show. Okay. No, if I was going to be like, and that motherfucker. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not MF and Tommy. So we're like sitting and talking and, you know, he's like, have you ever seen anything like this? I'm like, sometimes in Europe, like my time in Europe was like before this stuff even happened. For you know sure. what I mean? It was mostly like those giant festivals that we weren't playing, you know. And we we're talking. He's like, you know, we're talking about the different bands we would play with, like Archangel and Kickback and fucking, you know, all the stuff. And how like no matter what, All Out War was bigger than everybody, you know. And uh, he's like, oh, I was probably like a kid when you were over there. Huh. And I was like, yeah, probably. I, he, he he's like, when did you go? And I was like, oh, my first European tour was 1997. Which, he goes, which I know the answer here, and it's going to break everybody's heart. Go. He goes 1997. I go, yeah. He's like, that was five years before I was born. Oh, five years. Oh, shit. And I go, are you fucking serious? And he's like, yeah. No. I was like, Tommy is 20 and he, goes, yeah. and he just yeah. turned 20. Like, right. The last so 2002, 97. Yeah. Yep. I was like, oh, shit. So then, then we had a great conversation of like, do I belong here? It's <laughs> a good question. Like, not me, like, but like my era. Yeah, it's a good question. You know, like it was a, we had a really good conversation about it because it was like, am I, is this fucking weird? Because like if there was anywhere else that a fucking 46 year old sitting with a 20 year old, I'd, mm. I'd, I'd have a, like a fucking folder on me. Yeah, you know, well, that, so, better, that better be this youth pastor. Yeah. yeah, yeah uh, I mean, or his guidance counselor. Maybe, yeah. maybe his guidance counselor, like you're sitting across a desk from this person. It becomes more normal. Um, yeah. I mean, that's we gonna be for like a part two. We're gonna have yeah. to do a part two and, and get into all that because you're totally right. It it's it's a phenomenon that all three of us experience where it's like, whoa, I'm having this cool, meaningful conversation with a dude who was born when I was fully an adult. Right. I was like okay. I was like almost out of my newest band <laughs> when he was born. Most precious blood was almost like with me was almost done. That's right. crazy, really? Dude, 2002, yeah. I was out of the band fucking February 2003. Oh, right. Um, and that's like, oh, Tom's new band. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then, so yeah, so that was, it was a good conversation. I would uh, love, yeah. Shout out to Magnitude Tommy. Magnitude Crushed. Um, Mind Force. Uh, I mean, I have a very lo- deep love in my heart for every member of that band. Um, so it's hard for me to even be unbiased, but like, they fucking destroyed, man. Like, I just kept laughing because it, 
Jacob going like, I want to see more kickboxing. And like, I turned to some like strange and extra. I was like, he's being very specific. Like, it, but it was just like more kickboxing, more kickboxing in between every song. But like set was a little different. Of course, Excalibur is the fucking classic of the last 10 mm. years. Um, played the new song, which fucking sounded live came off like fucking amazing. Love it. Um, it was great. They were, they were fucking fantastic. And, and, it was one of those things that like they were shocked to see. I mean, anyone else wouldn't have been shocked, but no, those dudes were like, fuck man. Like that was, I can't believe that it was like that kind of reaction. It was that great. Yeah. Uh, very, very sad. Um, to not see that, but yeah, I've been no headlines Saturday night. Magical energy. Yeah. That, so that was the last thing that I got to see before I had to hop on a plane myself. So, uh, Tom, you, we're relying on you to report on the final three acts, which by the way, uh, shout out to, uh, uh, the kid I rode the plane with, uh, believe Matt, uh, back to Australia who, uh, was wearing, uh, his gulch shorts, uh, on the, uh, on the plane. So I, I knew he was at the festival, uh, and, and we got to talking, uh, Shout out to anybody that traveled that far. It's not my festival, but it's really nice to to have people come from all over the planet for that shit. It's cool. Yeah, I was definitely taking bets that Pat wasn't going to miss us, wasn't going to make his flight. Oh, there was I a was, lot of discussion. Was there was a lot of discussion on if Pat would make his flight, and like uh, Tom Walkester, I think you and me and Eric maybe had a convo on this, or maybe Eric yeah, had I was a like, convo with me. It was, I think you yeah. and I had a real time conversation with Eric, and then you oh, must he, have been texting with him. I go, yeah, yeah. Are you driving Pat to the airport? He goes, no. I go, how's he getting there? He's like, I have no idea. I'm like, well, he's rolling around with some giant backpack on his back. He's like, well, he doesn't also realize that he has two bags in Evan's car. Mm. And he's like, now, like, I say Pat's flight is 11. He goes, if I leave here, I'm like, well, like 8 30, I'll be fine, right? I'm like an international flight to Australia. And I was like, I don't think you're going to be fine, buddy. And and Eric's like, well, meanwhile, he still has to walk to pick up these other two bags and then get to LAX. He made it somehow. I'd like to think he was like OJ in those old commercials. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. The, I, I was a Hertz OJ. Hertz, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Yo, Tom, you want to talk about th- no, we're no longer allowed to go to festivals if we just made the fucking Hertz OJ reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I feel like they're like, yeah, yeah. Well, it was nice knowing you guys. Um, <laughs> I mean, you knew what I was talking about. I and did. Bob does <laughs> just because he likes sports. Yes. Yeah. Um, but y- you were like running and jumping, you know, high st- high jumping over uh, seats and stuff to get to your airplane, air, uh, to your flight. Yes. But you made it, so that's good. Yes. Um, after Mind Force, Pity Sex, who we talked about, they were fantastic. Um, there was no, you know, it, it, to me, and maybe this is my own sensitivity and stuff, I'm always worried when something like slightly left field is at something like this. Because with that volume of people, yeah, people can get shitty. Oh, for sure. <laughs> And especially, and, you know, uh, you know, let's say 12, 15 hours into something like this. Right. And I and and I mean, the band's incredible, obviously loved by hardcore kids and non hardcore kids, you know, the same. But, you know, like if someone's like, I just want to fucking see terror or whatever the fuck, like, I, you know, I, I always worry about that sort of stuff. Not to say that that would happen here, but I always get worried about like. You know, knowing how, you know, putting yourself out there and then having some fucking asshole yell something or whatever, you know, but they were, 
as good as I remember them, as good as I the times I'd seen them in the past. Um, like if they're if they're playing more shows, I'd be happy to hear that. Um, but I thought they were great and and it fit and it wasn't like the like here's the chill out spot. Like no, it didn't feel just, uh, shoehorned like, at all. Yeah, right. No, not at all. It didn't feel like this is like this is a, this is a re like it was perfect. I think every festival should be as lucky to have pity sex or mm. super heaven on their mm. lineup. Um, I thought it was great. Um, following up that the Kings terror mm. insane. Did it go? It went dude to the, I mean, if, if to the point that it was like, well, luckily it's Gulch playing after this. Cause everyone else would have been fucked. Mm. It was that like, Multiple like Ozfest, like six pits going on. <laughs> they open up with the fucking the first song on the new record that Terror Crew Try and True thing. People just destroying each other. No, like, and it, the funny thing was like there was no walkout during any band. Yeah, I was kind of impressed by that, which is amazing. So like, it wasn't like oh, you know, the people that came to say see Fiddlehead, they didn't leave before Dream. The people that That's came right. to see That's Pity right. Sex and leave before te- it was amazing, you know. Um, they were amazing. They did fucking Dead at Birth with with Aaron Knuckles from Death Threat, which was fucking cool shit. Um, and they were they were they were they ripped. It was they were incredible. Uh, um, shout out! It, it, th- there's a dude uh, in Terror. Uh, uh, the one fellow's name is Jordan. Is that right? Yeah, Jordan from No Warning. So yes. I, I met him for the first time. Just brief, sweetheart. Just briefly. Tom, I mean, no disrespect to career musicians nor terror. I had no, I could not have anticipated that he would be as well adjusted. And like, I felt like I was talking to a full human being. That's not always the case when I talk to dudes that tour for fucking six months a year. (laughs) I I was like, and he's done that for like the majority of his life. Yes. I was kind of impressed. I was like, and I know that's a low bar is to say like, yeah, I was impressed. Somebody was like a functioning human being. But like straight up, I I mean I'm on tour a lot. I meet a lot of like tour hard, like non-functioning people. And like, yo, shout out to that dude. He was like well adjusted, friendly, in shape. Like I was like, yo, where's this, where's this guy coming from? This is crazy. Toronto's really good. Really That's the good. answer. Um, but yeah, they I thought they they just sounded great. And then finally it was fucking Gulch time. The mm. the band that everyone was waiting for. Mm. Whether in line for merch, <laughs> whether to see them play their songs, yeah. I mean that line was just ridiculous. I mean that could have been. It's, you could have sold out another day of the fest just for yeah. the, the line for for merch, which is insane. Um, they were sick. They got a huge reaction. Um, Shout for out a band them. that doesn't. Yeah, they were dude. They were just great. And like, I take not that we had all that much to do with it, but I take like real like pride the fact that like we had both Drain and Gulch. On pretty early for Axe to Grind, sure. On like sure. the live sets and stuff like that, yeah. and like watching them just like both bands like explode. And I think you know, like Drain makes sense to me as a headlining band because it's like it's fun. You can mosh to it. This sing along parts. Gulch is uh, is the fact that they were the clear headliner. No real sing along parts. No, like, but but people made them like the sin of my heart. Yeah, it's like it's. You're right. They don't have clear singing parts, but they're so undeniable. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It, but it's you know, filthy. It's like, this yeah. is like 
it's they're amazing band, but like it's it's just funny to see like that band break through with like they, being as dirty and like punk mm-hmm. and like black metal sounding as they are. They they had a weird coalescing of all these different elements, and like that maybe is the thing that they don't get credit for. Um, they had a weird collusion. All these things came together sonically, everything under the umbrella of being unbelievably intense live and having a live show that just, like I said earlier, I shouted out Scal, who I think live are really doing it. You are basically enabled in the hardcore space. If you can do it live, if you are magical live, you can take risks, you can do the dirty thing, you can be, you can pull in different sounds, and they do. And I think they actually pull in sounds that are unexpected too. You know, I, I can't proclaim to be a fan of everything they pull in or like, but but what they do with it is pretty remarkable because they make it their own. Um, and I think they're one of the defining bands of the last five years. Uh, it's almost undeniable at this point. If not the, yeah. That's right. And the only thing that's going to be interesting is what do people take from a band like Gulch in terms of like influence and et cetera? Because I think sonically they did a bunch of things that people could ape, but they'll probably ape it in different ways and we'll see. But what I hope people take is that just like real adherence to doing it live so well and just being an intense act that also didn't sacrifice any of the anger when they got on a bigger stage, you know? Um, and they also, yo, they could have, Gulch could have milked this for years and years and years. And we're here, you know, espousing the virtues of long lived bands. And I'm 100% into that. I love watching the evolution. There's something to be said for the band. Who's like, yo, let's not burn out. Let's, uh, let's not fade away. Let's just burn out. Let's pull the plug. That's what they did. They they are right. leaving behind a discography that's pretty fucking cool. It's gonna be interesting to see what those folks do after this. I, I think there's plans. I'm I don't know them personally, but um, I hope so. Incredible, incredible mix of stuff. So, and and you said it undeniably the headliner of the weekend. So, <clears throat> let's talk real quick about the general idea of. It can never be a year in hardcore because you got to book things out pretty early and there was also a pandemic. So let's say this is the last four years in hardcore. It's still a snapshot. You know what I mean? Uh, 100%. What, what, do we, what do we think of that idea broadly? Uh, and is this if, – if this is what Sound and Fury is to be moving forward, kind of like making headliners, you know, that type of energy? I mean that's what it's been from day one. Well, oh, there you go. If it's to be that, Here's is that, thing. yeah, go ahead. Is that, uh, is there room for all of these hardcore festivals because that's such a specific mandate a- a- and mission? So, like, yes, you- yes, there is. There, there's room for the festivals. The idea, though, I think what you're trying to get to is should this be the thrust of all hardcore festivals? No, uh, see, and I say no. I say no too because I, I think that if you do it, if we had three festivals doing all trying specific, to angle for that, yes, I think that we it would be mushy. Well, uh, well so I want to, and it would this. take away from the others. Yeah, it could take away. We could have some dueling markets, but but like it's a it's a big country and uh, there's a lot of time. So 
That's one. But two, I agree with you guys. I don't think all festivals should be doing that. Three, there's a low-key thing here that we aren't discussing but is inherent. And then when I say it, you're going to be like, yeah, obviously. Sound and Fury is a West Coast fest. When you look at that lineup, it's a lot of West Coast bands. A lot of bands from other places. Headliners are Drain and Gulch, two California bands. Good smattering of bands from all over the place. But when you look at that lineup, a lot of California, a lot of West Coast. Yep. You know what I mean? A lot of bands that are like nascently have no location. But like, let's go through this. Gulch, California, Terra, California, Pity Sex. Not California, but at least one member lives there. Mind Force, Hudson Valley, Magnitude, North Carolina, Gate Creeper, Arizona, Show Me the Body, New York, Never in Game, Michigan, One Step Closer, Wilkes-Barre, Big Laugh, Milwaukee, World Peace, California, Slow Bleed, California, God's Hate, yep. California, Zulu, California, Gridiron, uh, Philly and Detroit, Philly, RJC, yeah. Northwest, slash California, Cola Boy, California, Spy, California. I'm not going to do that for Saturday. Saturday might be more California or non-locational. You know what I mean? And that's that's the thing. There's a little... It's a... We want to capture a snapshot, but there's a little bit of a California lean. LDB, Midwest, you know, it used to be called Midwest Blood, you know. Um, there's other fests all over that have sort of regional leans, I actually think that's cool still. Um, and I think that's something to keep an eye on. It's how much emphasis do you put on current bands? I think we see some some festivals will do a little bit more, uh, some older bands or trying to get like some of those older heavyweights, which, I, you know, I got to admit, I think there's a drive from promoters to also put on for those bands, which is cool. Like, oh, I, I love a lot of those classic bands. And interest in them sort of cycles and waves. And if they weren't being put on for, Maybe they fall off radar. So uh, I agree. I don't think every fest should be doing that. Sound of Fury does a really good job with the snapshot, but there's definitely a West Coast lean on it, and that's kind of also relevant and cool. I, yeah. I mean, I think I, LDB does that too, to, and it's, it's smaller. It's just, yeah, well, um, and, and they're doing the Midwest version. And it's more you know? Midwest, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I think those are the two that do like exclusively current bands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, FYA does a really good job of the stuff yep. down there. Um, but they still get like an E-Town or a fucking new, you know. Like 100%. An old and this is Hardcore is, is one that does a lot of the older acts but mixes in the new and it's kind of like this blending. I think some of this stuff is reflective of where these festivals are being held. Sure. Um, yeah. and, and there's room it's, for all of it. Exactly. And, and, you know, just to speak on this, I'm not sure Sound and Fury, the way it was, works everywhere. It works in L.A., you know, it works in California. There were so many people. Yo, like, I, I we've kind of nudged at this. There was a time where we would all say, you know, hardcore was definitely Northeast-centric, right? Like, just full stop. Yeah. Most of the good bands were from here. All the, you know, blah, 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 the big shows, all that. Yo, I think that's shifted. I, and I wouldn't say it's like, oh, it's all LA focused. I don't think that's true. But I think it's shifted. And it's the reason we're seeing more bands from the middle of the country. It's the reason we're seeing festivals in different places pop up and pop off. You know, like, yo, people are traveling to FYA in, in Florida. 
that's become a thing. There's been a world built around that. That's awesome, you know? Um, and so it's not as Northeast-centric as it once was, and that might be secular. We might see that cycle back. It's just kind of interesting to see how it all moves and flows together. Yeah, I am, I am uh, as I said, as an older fellow, a guy in a band that I think is uh, becoming uh, established or old or whatever, uh, I think that uh, this is a fascinating thing that I might not be able to get to do for too much longer, this uh, Sound of Fury, I mean. Uh, because if they're looking for what represents the moment, that might not be me shortly. You know what I mean? That's always the, that's the way that life goes. Uh, but it is like a, it's a nice, it's a nice concept that, I mean, other festivals are doing it on the like very tiny level. Uh, Sound of Fury just gets to like, get the kind of like creme de la creme of like what's popping now. You know what I mean? So, you know, we forgot, Tell us. Mm. Angel Dust. Oh, oh my Angel, God. listen. Two Sorry. things. <laughs> Angel <sighs> Dust maybe stole the show. <laughs> Angel Dust popped in a way that like, because th- there, Justice has been writing music that has not been meant for stage dives for a minute, right? Like it's, it's let's just put yeah. it like that. Like it's like. But he said, yo, oh, oh, this is a Kumbaya stage dive gala. Oh, I can do that. I can do that. Uh, it, so we didn't know. I, I had just toured with them. So I knew that like, when they put on, they put on, they, they never disappoint. Like that's just a fact, but yeah, I, I did not know if it was going to be hardcore festival ready. Right. Right. And it was, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> it went off. It was, it was good. Yeah. Uh, for, for anyone doubting angel dust, they, they dusted off a huge, uh, a huge catalog <laughs> of songs that you looked out and you saw like, Oh, maybe there's five thousand people standing over there. If there's if there's the full five thousand standing over there, uh, a, a solid thirty five hundred know every one of these songs, and is yep. singing along to it. It was it was pretty intense, um, and uh, you know, pretty pretty nuts. Um, yo, we have more to say about this. I don't know if we can do another episode on this on mainline, but we should on Patreon because I think there's a lot more to say. We'll probably touch on some of the topics as we continue going forward. Uh, major thank you and shout out and love and appreciation to Riley, Martin, Madison, um, Cat, all the all the other people who worked on Sound and Fury this year, all the people who were helping. Uh, it was truly magical. I think it shows in the way we're we're hearing about it. Shout out to all the old friends that we saw. Shout out to all the new friends that we made. Um, that's Shout out to people that came to the live show. Live show. Oh yeah, well, we're going to talk about the live show. Uh, live show audio will be up on Patreon very soon for our uh, patrons. Thank you. And there is a video of it that we worked with with uh, one ninety seven. So shout out to shout out to Stephen over there. Um, thank you guys. Yeah, thank you for doing that. And um, yeah, like any other any closing thoughts on what was a uh, wild weekend? Uh, thanks for having us. It was uh, uh, nice to see, uh, nice to reconnect with people, nice to meet some new people, all the shit that you'd expect. Uh, good vibe. Uh, when I call it like the Disneyland of hardcore, I don't mean it as an insult. It's like it's nice to have a festival where it's about the sunshine. It's good. It's nice to have a nice day. 
Yeah. Although I will say, if I had known that the festival was outside, I would have canceled. <laughs> Click. What's up, Axe to Grind? Okay, so last two last night, two nights ago, I went to a show in Fort Lauderdale at a place called Kelly's Pub. I'd never been to this place. Um, I guess it's a nightclub at night. We were all hanging out in the parking lot after the shows, and they opened the upstairs, and all these uh, this other group of. You know, you know, you got all your fucking your punk hardcore guys at the show, and then as soon as it ends, twenty minutes later, all these clubbers pull up and they get out of the car, and everybody immediately sm- starts smoking their designated blunt. And uh, yeah, that was fun. It, but, okay, so the show was PSA, ideation, and protocol. Protocol and ideation were on tour. Uh, Sociedad Bastarda. Um, that's that was probably my favorite band that played. If I'm forgetting one or two, I apologize. Uh, I missed Ideation and PSA because we were doing parking lot things. But I, this is the second time I seen Sociedad Bastarda in South Florida, and honestly, they're one of my favorite bands in general at the moment. Um. Protocol was unearthly, you know. My buddy filmed the entire set on his little VHS camera, as one does uh, at a bar show. But the whole thing was overall... The the room was very small, um, and it was packed. Everybody could not get in. Um, A few friends that I met in said parking lot, I not necessarily snuck in, but, you know, I had a wristband because I had the money to pay for my my $10 entry, but these folks did not. So I just kind of (laughs) rushed them in. But I mean, I think everyone was doing that. I don't think it was an odd thing to do at at this spot. They, it was supposed, the bar was pushing to get the show 21 and up hours before the show started. And the, the people running the door are our local, local hometown heroes. Basically they, they have a booking, called Equinox Booking. They put on a lot of these cool shows around here. Uh, yeah, this, this basically all in all, the show killed it. Um, Protocol was amazing. All the other bands were amazing. Everybody threw down. Minimal bitching from people who didn't throw down. All right, yeah, thanks, y'all. Keep it up. Got a correction. I got confused. I was passing a gnarly car accident um the opening band was ephemeral they slayed i got indoors in time to see them and the other band i was calling something else is actually called nsa i missed them sorry